0: Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFT and Partners Financial Experts.
1: Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Williams. Today, I'm joined by Justin Lee, who is the president of JMJ Financial Group. And Justin's here to talk to us about the cash balance plan, why he uses it, why his clients love it so much, and how it fits in so that you too can look in your books of business and find clients that should be using cash balance plans. Justin, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me here. That's my pleasure. So let's jump right in. Talk to me about a cash balance plan. What is it exactly? It's uh, it's a qualified retirement plan,
0: just like IRA, SEP IRA, 401k, but you know, technically, it's more. Uh, it's a type of a defined benefit plan. I think uh, it's commonly known as a pension plan. So I typically tell people we do a pension plan instead of cash balance plan. That way, people can understand it better.
1: That makes sense and explain it in language that they're familiar with. When um, we were talking, you were telling me about the dramatic and positive impacts that the SECURE Act and SECURE 2.0 had on cash balance plans and the reasons that you think there's so much more interest in them now. Can you talk to us about that?
0: Yeah, so um, prior to Secure Act, I think it was 2019, um, there are limited options as far as implementing and funding a qualified plan before your tax filing date. So people can do something called SEP IRA or IRA before they file taxes. But if you wanted to do, let's say property sharing plan a cash balance plan or defined benefit plan, you can fund uh, fund the plan before you file your taxes, right? By your tax filing date. So March 15th or September 15th with extension for the prior tax year. But Secure Act allowed us to actually draft the document and fund the plan by your tax filing date, which is a huge, 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 um, change because, you know, as much as we try to do uh, proactive tax planning, um, when I get the call, it's usually January, February, March of tax filing year, right, or following the tax filing year, you know, there are a lot of small business owners, individuals looking for big tax deductions, uh, but the options are very really limited at that time, but then, uh, ever since the Cure Act changed the uh, deadline for the plan draft uh, uh, deadline, um, it just gave us an opportunity to help these people all the way through September 15th, following the uh, tax filing year. So I think that was uh, really a big turning point for my business.
1: So we're recording this right now in March and we'll, our listeners would probably be hearing it a couple of weeks later. You're telling us it's not too late to put one of these plans in place for 2023.
0: Correct. Because, um, it, you know, most of a uh, uh, taxpayer, small business owners who file extensions are the ones who are going to have to pay taxes. Right. Um, so we, we have all the way to September 15th to create the plan and fund the plan. And we can actually create a plan today, right now. Uh, but you have all the way to September 15th to actually come up with the money to fund the plan. So that's a huge, huge benefit.
1: Absolutely. And there's a difference. If someone's thinking about how they're going to fund the plan, they're really weighing the amount they can contribute and deduct versus the taxes they'd have to pay, right?
0: Correct. Um, you, you know, you kind of become a tax planner once you start doing these plans, because um, a lot of the taxpayers have to come up with a desired contribution amount. And sometimes if they have a good cash flow uh, and other, you um, after tax money that they can actually live on, they try to deduct as much as possible, right? Sometimes they eliminate their corporate tax return or Schedule C income. So you can do that, or um, you you help those clients to find the balance. What is the right contribution amount? And also uh, there's something called QBI deduction that is going to expire, I believe in 2025 so um, if you can't stay under the, uh, the threshold income for either single or joint taxpayer, you know, when you contribute $100,000, you know, you might end up uh, creating an effect of uh, uh, deducting about $160,000, $163,000 of uh, 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 tax deductions because you get the full QBI tax deduction for 20%.
1: That's wonderful. We all love to be able to be tax planners and help our clients find deductions. Um, But as we know, we all love life insurance. So how does life insurance fit into a cash balance plan?
0: So as one of the investment options for pension plan or cash balance plan uh, investment contributions, you are allowed to, uh, if your plan documents uh, allow allow for this, you can actually invest part of their money into a life insurance plan. Um, I think some of us who's been around for a long period of time, they are familiar with something called uh, split-funded defined benefit plan. So this is nothing new, it's been around for a long time, but um, not many TPAs will accommodate, including life insurance, instead of our pension plan investments, Uh, but, Uh, let's say, you know, you got someone who wants to contribute $200,000 a year. Um, that's with pre-tax money, and we can actually split, uh, that $200,000 for, for the first few years, uh, half into investment and half into the, uh, life insurance contract. So we're all familiar with the, uh, max funded life insurance retirement plan design, right? So we can do a five-pay life insurance uh, uh, plan inside of the cash balance plan um, for the uh, tax-free lifetime income and tax uh, a tax-free death benefit later on.
1: So. This is all really interesting. I think there's probably a lot of places where this could be a really great solution. Um, And regular listeners to the podcast will know that I often ask this question. So who is the I got a guy? What sort of client really is a good fit for the cash balance? And when you're meeting somebody or looking at your book of business, who are you looking for to say, hey, this might be a great solution for you?
0: So anyone really who's concerned about paying a lot of taxes, right? If they have to pay a lot of taxes means that uh, uh, they have a good cash flow and you want to look for a client who who have uh, uh, clients who have consistent cash flow. It's not like all of a sudden this year, it's an exceptional year and they have half million or million dollar profit and looking for a tax reduction just for this year. They may, uh, Those clients are not your ideal clients because typically when you set up these plans you should be able to continue to fund the plan for about three years at minimum. Um, So anyone who's looking for a tax deduction uh, more than $100,000 a year right at 40% tax rate every $100,000 they contribute they end up saving $40,000 in taxes and you have to look at that 40% as kind of like an investment return right. Uh, obviously, uh, bigger uh, contribution, bigger desired contribution amount is better. But I would say minimum is hundred thousand uh, a year, and I think the sweet spot is two hundred thousand or more a year.
1: You are also telling me about the type of business. You were also telling me about the type of business that's really well-suited because it's a qualified plan. So they have to offer it to all employees, right? So there's sort of a a sweet spot for the type of business.
0: So, uh, you know, these are the same pension plans these big companies have, whether it's hospital, school system, fire department or police, right? But more and more companies, uh, are getting rid of these defined benefit plans or pension plans because it's it's a liability on their books right. Uh, but we're using the same plan for these small business owners, so to to benefit the owner really right, it is a retirement plan, but a lot of these plans are created as a tax planning solution for small business owners right. Um, so, fewer employees are better if you have. A client who has no employees, that's perfect, right? Because you don't have to split the benefit between, you know, the owner and the employees. But it's okay to have 5, 10, even 20 employees. Um, but you just have to kind of keep in mind that you, you know, it's okay for you to, uh, allocate, I would say 5 to 10% of your contribution amount, uh, for employees whether you have five employees or 10 employees or 15 employees. And we build in uh, uh, we build in fasting schedule for the uh, profit sharing plan side as well as the cash balance plan side so that if you have a lot of turnovers, you may actually give some benefits to some of these employees, but um, if they don't stay with you for X number of years, they have to forfeit those uh, benefits they receive and give it back to the company. So, you know that that the contribution amount that goes into the uh, the benefit goes to the, the benefit amount that goes into employees' portion is not as bad uh, bad as it's not as bad as people think it might be. Um, and then for these plans, you want large disparity, which means is that you want the owner to be older and employees to be younger. You want the owners to make a lot more money compared to your employees, because it's time value money. You give equal amount of money to someone who's younger uh, compared to the older person. It it means that way you don't have to give a lot. You don't have to say, you don't have to give same amount of money uh, for the younger person, because that person has a lot more time to grow their money to match the money that's given to the older person or participant. So those are the technical things. But, you know, really any businesses uh, that have steady cash flow, uh, that, that this, we can make it work. Um, whether it's a restaurant, professional business uh, services like uh, law firms, accounting firms, uh, consulting firms, retails, manufacturing, you know it really could be anything. And Absolutely. I think typically in the past, a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of these plans were done with medical practices because if you look at medical practices, you have a doctor who's making you know significant amount of money compared to the staff receptionist assistant, right? Uh, but I see I, my personal practice, I have less and less medical practice plans compared to other type of businesses. I think the medical industry, industry kind of has changed. So it's not that it's not as uh, lucrative to have private practices uh, as it was 15, 20 years ago.
1: Right, you were telling me about a a client that you have that owns a restaurant and how even though that individual has a lot of employees, the plan worked really well for him. Can you give us a little more information on that one?
0: Yes, uh, I have a a client who has a number of bars in Chicago and obviously they have a lot of uh, serving staff, uh, bartenders, um, the waitresses and servers, um So he's contributing about $500,000 a year, but very, I think he keeps more than 90% uh, of that contribution uh, to himself and his wife, who's on the payroll working in the business together. Because again, we have a vesting schedule. So, qualification to come into the plan, the most restrictive rule is one year service and 1,000 hours. And a lot of people don't even stay down, uh one year, and then a lot of these uh, workers are part-time employees, so they never actually. Even though he may have 40, 50 uh, employees on the pay, W-2 payroll, um, and many of these uh, uh, many of these employees don't even qualify to come into the plan because they leave before they get qualified, and um, they each each locations have the key employee like the bar managers. Um, There's some benefits going into these uh, uh, managers and the owner doesn't really mind because they want to the owner wants to take care of these managers anyway right. So um, it's just working out perfect even though he has 40, uh, 40 to 50 employees
1: really liked that story when you were telling me earlier because I think we automatically think the doctor group with one person and, you know, two staff. This is a company with a huge cash flow and a lot of employees, but it really makes sense for them too. So I like that, you know, there's a lot of different ways we can provide this benefit. Um What about when you talk to a client and you mention a cash balance plan, but it's not a fit for them for whatever reason? Does that mean that you've... You know, you had one run at them and you suggested a thing and it didn't work, or does it help you do additional planning for them, even if they don't want a cash balance plan?
0: Yeah, so really, um, I used it, these qualified plans as a, a door opener to get in front of uh, high income, high network, successful business owners and individuals, right? Um, sometimes the, let's say you contribute $200,000 a year, um, and they don't like the percentage uh, that goes to the employees, right? Because, you know, all the employees are older, they all make, you know, relatively same money as the owner. So maybe the split percentage between the owner and the employees are 70, 30, 60, 40, 80, 20, right? So if they don't look that the percentage uh, to the owners um, do not look that attractive, then we look into other options, right? So I go into the uh, three tax location uh, story, right? So we're trying to, uh, uh, what else is out there, right? You have extra money that you need to do something with, right? Where would you invest that extra money, which tax location? So we talked about pre-tax location, but that's not gonna work or you don't like it. And uh, if, you know, the the other option you know of is the taxable account where you have to pay taxes every year along the way, where there's a tax-free bucket, which you probably don't have a lot of your uh, 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 money invested in, in your current portfolio, then I go into the benefits of life insurance. And that's really the only option he has left to have a complete tax deferred, tax-free distribution of assets and that benefit. So, you know, it's okay um, not to actually end up implementing a qualified plan or cash balance plan because that often leads you into a different opportunity. And actually that happened to me years ago, I think about four or five years ago, no, four years ago, um, I went into this engineering firm to look at their 401k, possibly a cash balance plan because the owners were making a lot of money, right? M- multiple seven figures. And when we ran the analysis, um, owners were only getting maybe 55 or 60% of the contribution money because, you know, all the engineers were making high income compared to the owners, et cetera. So we talked about these three different tax locations where to invest the money and they love the idea of life insurance. So we ended up implementing a, uh, you know, multiple life insurance policies, premium finance. So, you know, just one thing led to another. It was a cash balance for 401k conversation I never actually got to implement any of the qualified plans for that company, but it ends up being a lot like 100 times more than what he was going to do in other areas.
1: That's wonderful. It's so great to just have another tool in your toolkit that you can use when you're doing planning for clients. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking about cash balance plans and giving us another strategy that we can use with clients to help them, as you said, figure out where they're going to allocate their money.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christine, for having me. This has been a uh, pleasure.
1: Thanks so much. Have a good day.
0: Thank you.